$1,000 in September. A memo from the city administrator recommends the assembly buy back the property as it is integral to the future development of the haulout and shipyard at the park. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Officer Gary Cranford filed suit against the Sitka Police Department on October 5th. Cranford, who was demoted from his sergeant post in March, alleges that the demotion was a violation of due process and his union's collective bargaining agreement. In a statement sent to KCAW via email, Municipal Administrator John Leach writes... It is important to clarify that the allegations presented in this lawsuit are not based in fact. We firmly believe that the claims made in the lawsuit lack a factual basis and may have questionable motives. We want to assure the Sitka community and the public at large that we are fully committed to defending ourselves vigorously and on the merits of the case. The city has 30 days from the time the suit is filed to respond in court. You don't have to have lived very long in Sitka to realize that housing prices are sticky. That is, both the cost of buying a home and the cost of renting stay the same or go up and never go down. In the first of an eight-part speaker series on the topic of housing hosted by the Sitka Chamber of Commerce, Sitka Planning Director Amy Ainsley discussed the reasons behind stickiness in the local market and its relationship to long-term affordability. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. In her remarks to the Sitka Chamber, Ainsley described an unfettered demand for housing in Sitka, not just for ownership, but also for rentals. We have a very strong demand for housing, right? It's, we live in a beautiful place. Um, we know we've got great, we have a very strong rental market, both long-term and short-term. And you know, generally too, our holding costs are not that high. It doesn't really cost that much once you have real estate to hold on to it. Um, and so that's created a huge imbalance in our market. Traditionally, the alternative to the high cost of home ownership is an affordable rental. But that's not happening in Sitka. Ainsley cited data from the Southeast Conference showing that 52% of Sitka's renters are cost burdened or paying more than 30% of their income on rent. High rents are a big factor in stickiness. You know, in many markets where you don't have strong a strong rental market, if you need to move, you would probably eventually sell your house for the price that people are willing to buy it for, right? Because if you got to go, you got to go. But here you have a lot of alternatives to just selling it. And so you don't have to bring down price even if, you know, the market would prefer a lower price. And again, coupled with the limited housing stock we have, we don't have a lot of new stock coming in. It just keeps those prices high and they just won't come down. Ainsley also talked about the missing middle, or the way to enter the housing market in Sitka and work your way up. High housing costs have basically squeezed the middle right out of existence. The lack of starter homes is, is really challenging here in Sitka. Uh, a lot of people, their first house that they're going to buy here, easily over $400,000. You know, and for a lot of folks, that's not necessarily a starter home. And there's not really enough inventory in our market to be able to start with something small, build equity there, and then use that to buy your next middle home, move from there, maybe move up to a larger home or downsize in retirement. There's not a lot of opportunity for that, for that movement. And so the type of stock that we have um, in our sort of missing middle is really problematic. Ainsley said that Sitka wasn't initially planned with growth in mind. 
housing developments were designed for immediate needs rather than future needs. As a result, utilities are inadequate to support the further subdivision of existing low-density neighborhoods, and the exceptionally high cost of developing raw land in Sitka, as you might guess, results in more high-cost housing. Because we live in a really high-cost environment, and because we have a market that's pushing those higher prices, you're going to see more high-end housing development be produced. You know, the profit margin is already kind of slim because you have such high costs. You really need to hedge your bet and kind of go for what is going to, you know, give you the least risk to put out on the market. Ainsley didn't cover the short-term rental market in her presentation, but chamber members were interested to know if the city had plans to cap the number of Airbnbs. Ainsley pointed out that in residential zones, the city had already imposed a requirement that owners must reside on the same property as their short-term rentals, as well as obtain a conditional use permit. In commercial zones, not only were there no restrictions on B&Bs, but another phenomenon of Sitka's unusual market was also in play. We have a ton of single-family homes in our commercial zones, she said. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The next installment of the Sitka Chamber of Commerce's eight-part speaker series on housing will take place at noon Wednesday, October 27th. State Representative Rebecca Himshoot will discuss the problem of housing affordability at the state level. The Sitka High cross-country teams took second place in their respective divisions at the state cross-country meet in Palmer over the weekend. KNOM's Ava White was there and filed this report. Robbie Annett came in first place, competing in the 5K in 16 minutes and 39 seconds. The junior representing Grace Christian says that the course was more fun than previous races he's ran. Uh, I'm really, really, really grateful for how we did as a team and how I did individually. And uh, ended up winning, but it wasn't by a huge margin, and uh, I had my teammates right behind me. Grace Christian also won as a team with 47 points. Sitka finished second and Homer in third. For the Division I boys, senior Fisher Adams of Palmer placed first. He ran the fastest time of the day in just 16 minutes. To put that into perspective, that's the equivalent of a race pace of 5 minutes and 9 seconds per mile. South Anchorage High School placed first as a team in the Division I race with 83 points. Chugiak High School and West High School tied for second and third place with 89 points. Directly following the boys' races was the Division II girls trailed by Division I girls. Claire Mullen of Sitka finished first place in the Division II girls' race. The sophomore placed second in her division at the Sitka Invitational in September, where she ran the 5K in 19 minutes and 8 seconds. As far as team scores, Seward won with 34 points. Sitka and Grace Christian tied for second place, each earning 57 points. In the Division I girls race, Chugiak's Hannah Staha took home first place, finishing in 19 minutes and 19 seconds. The sophomore won the girls' division at the Cook Inlet Conference Championships. Chugiak finished in first place as a team with 40 points. In second place was Juno Douglas and Colony in third. Awards for Division I and II boys and girls started directly after the girls' Division I race. As coaches, family members, and friends surrounded the Palmer High School football field, the top 10 students were awarded with medals and teams were awarded with trophies. All team results from the state championships can be found online. Reporting from Palmer, 
I'm Ava White. A Sitka grand jury indicted a woman for assault and reckless driving in September after she seriously injured a pedestrian with her car in June. KCAW's Catherine Rose brings us the September roundup from the Sitka trial courts. Police said shortly before 8 a.m. on June 5th, they received a 911 call reporting that a pickup truck had struck a pedestrian on the bike path near the post office on Sawmill Creek Road. Police and emergency medical responders arrived on the scene and found the driver behind the wheel and the victim down an embankment. The victim survived but was medevaced to Anchorage with serious injuries. A Sitka grand jury on September 21st indicted the driver, 45-year-old Beth Ann Lang, on three felony counts of assault for causing serious physical injury to another person and one count of reckless driving, a misdemeanor. Lang was arraigned on the charges and a trial is set for mid-November. The grand jury also indicted 54-year-old Isaac Needham for one count of misconduct involving a controlled substance and one count of promoting contraband, both Class C felonies. According to police records, a police officer followed Needham to Ace Hardware with knowledge that Needham was driving without a license. Police allege that Needham approached the police officer, dumped a bag of blue pills believed to be fentanyl on the ground, and attempted to crush them. He was subsequently arrested, and police found a packet of white powder hidden in his waistband, which they also allege to be fentanyl powder. A trial date in Needham's case has not been set yet. The same grand jury on September 21st indicted 39-year-old Juvencio Garcia on three counts of DV-related assault, and it indicted 46-year-old Cipriano Guerrero on one felony DUI and one felony refusal to submit to a chemical test. Limited details are available in the court filings for these cases. A week earlier, on September 14th, the Sitka grand jury indicted 33-year-old Glenn Roland Jones for allegedly stealing a generator from a food truck in downtown Sitka. Jones was identified by police using security footage from a bank. After he was arrested, police confiscated his phone where they allegedly found photos of the stolen generator, along with text messages looking to sell it. Since the generator was valued at over $750, the theft was considered a Class C felony. Trials for all three cases are tentatively scheduled in November. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. This is Morning Edition on Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. It's just about one minute after 8 o'clock. I'm going to send it back to the air room now. Thank you, Brooke. Yes, it is almost one minute past eight o'clock. We've had calls in. Thank you so much for our folks who called in to help show their support for Raven Radio. So 300 of that thousand dollars has been has been utilized by Jerry and Sue Fleming, but we still have $700 of a match left. Call in to show your support for Raven Radio KCAW 